morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Noni Pollock, and I'm your host here today from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You know, getting used to that 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern is uh, it's actually not as challenging as I thought it would be. Thank God, thank God, thank God. All right. I mean, listen, it's June. It is June 5th today. Bite Size. And I'm, I, I want to say this is my third year doing Bite Size. Maybe it's my second. I think it's my third. I mean, it's, it's coming towards an end. Again, I have not really announced an end date for this season for at least Bite Size. Yeah, sometime in June. A few more weeks, probably. The weather for the last, uh, what is it, week? Been pretty good. Outside random sheets of rain. It's been great. It's been great. Today's going to be a little funky. A little wet, but maybe even a little hot. But otherwise, I mean, come on. It's nice. A lot of 70s over Shavuos. It's looking pretty nice. Not too toasty. Should have some nice opportunities to hang out outside in some friends' backyards. I'll be, by the way, I'll be in the Heights and still be hanging out in friends' backyards. So that's a nice, uh, interesting uh, combo you'd probably never expect to hear. But yeah, I got some friends, A, and B, they got backyards. Both of which are probably surprising to you, but lucky me, I guess. Um, you know, I came into the show with not really much to talk about. Not because there's not anything to talk about. I mean, I was... <laughs> I was like, you know what? I actually got, um, I got Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's 2019. It's June 2019, and I just got Netflix. I even had a friend that had. I mean, that's not true. I've had many friends that get that has Netflix, but I didn't really like want to mooch off it. I didn't feel right about doing that. And then a friend of mine has one of these accounts. I think that you could just share with people, and so like we're just all splitting it. It's great. It is a whole new life. Netflix on my phone. I like. I was in Peru, so. One of the nights we were, we, you know, we had Wi-Fi, so we just downloaded a bunch of stuff. So, like, for the long bus rides or whatever, like, I was able, like, I finished Stissel Season 2 in, like, four seconds. Uh, I, I, I finished When Heroes Fly on, like, subway rides already. I'm in the middle of What If right now. Um, and it's just, it's great because the subway rides, guys, go so much quicker. You're in your own world. I literally, like, the show ends and, like, I get off the subway and I'm like, whoa, like, that was quick. This is such a great use of time. It used to be just listening to podcasts or, or reading articles, which is also a good use of time. But now I could catch up on TV just so much quicker, so much faster. It's great. It, it, it's wild that it took me this long to get into Netflix, but I'm here. Team Netflix, where you at? Because I'm digging it. I'm having a great time with it. And I'm paying for it. That's fine. A few bucks a month. One of the best... Uh, usages of my money that I could possibly think of. All right, what's on today's show? Quick intro. Again, this is an hour-long show, so we try to condense everything a little quickly. This show is, is fun in that it's... Um, our interview is, is you know, both Tova and both Joanna are on this week's show, but it's Tova who is interviewing Joanna. So Tova in Israel interviewing Fun in Jerusalem. That'll take place at uh, the bottom of the hour here at 9.30 a.m., um, otherwise, like I said, this will be the last week of acapella. I know most of you are probably not listening to acapella anymore, but I like acapella A and B. I just, I just want to make everyone, or, or I don't want to say make everyone happy because not everyone will be happy with the decision, but all right, this is what I want to do. So one more last episode of, uh, acapella Shavuos is later this week is, is actually, I guess technically next week cause it's Saturday night officially when it begins. Um, and then we'll, you know, regular music after that, but, but this week. It's one interview. Tova interviews Joanna 
and then it's uh, a cappella music. And we'll start things off with the Y-Suds version of Mahapecha Shel Simcha on this Wednesday on Bite Size right here at the Nachum Seal Network.
Oh, oh. 
left it all to be with you Distant dreams have now come true Walk the streets of legends told We've come home We've come home, we've come home And we'll never stand alone After two thousand years We are home Not a native of this land Bring me up and take my hand Sapphire seas and golden sand A place called home We've come home, we've come home To a land of our own After two thousand years We are
voices without choices we hear your cries
One day we'll all be free and proud to be under the same sun, singing songs of freedom like yo. Yavo, 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 yavo
here and it's now time for this fun interview for Tovan Israel's interview with Fun in Jerusalem's Joanna Shepson right here right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Segal Network. Thank you Yoni. Okay I'm so excited to tell you who's sitting here with me right now because it's a little bit of a shock. I feel like you already all know her. Her <laughs> name is Joanna Shepson from Fun in Jerusalem. Hello Joanna. Hi Tova. how are you? Wow this is a this is funny, right? Yes, it's a little bit weird for me. I feel like I like to ask the questions and not answer the questions. Now everyone that listens to the Yoni Pollock show on Bite Size with, on the Nachum Segal Network, are, they're hearing us together when we're usually in two separate interviews. True, very true. <laughs> Poor Yoni, he's kind of losing an interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was really excited because I've known you for a few years already and I've been trying to get you on my interviews. I wanted to talk about you and your life and what you do in Israel. So... Before we get into fun in Jerusalem, can you tell us how did you get to Israel to begin with? So I guess if I had to think back to, to the first time I even considered about moving to Israel, um, I met my husband Johnny here and we were dating here. Um, but once we decided to get married, we moved back to the States because I started business school in Chicago. And so it kind of wasn't in the plan. <laughs> uh -huh. After business school, we moved back to LA. We were living in LA. And one day he sold his business and he, he said, he turned to me and he's like, okay, so if we want to live in Israel, maybe we should try it now. Like I can't work in the field I was working in and now's a good time to give it a try. You had kids at that point? At that point we had Arie who was three and Marco was just born. He was eight months old. Uh -huh, so moving to Israel with little kids, it wasn't just the two of you, it was a bringing a family here. Yeah. And so the, the ultimate question was, do you wait till your kids are a bit older and then make the move or do you go when they're really young? Cause then that's better. Right. Um, I would tell you in hindsight, it was amazing that we came when Arie was three. Yeah. Because he started, um, he went to Gan and he went to the most amazing Gan in Jerusalem, Gan Svia, where I met all my friends that year. Oh. Everyone who's sent there. Yeah. And then, and then he was already here for Gan Chova, which is like the year before school. And, and he, so. He grew up with Hebrew also, probably. Right. So his Hebrew was fine. By the time he entered first grade, his Hebrew was great and he was acclimatized. So. Was he considered a Dovrian Glitz? So he, he, my An kids have, <laughs> uh, my kids have funny accents right now. Their Hebrew is very Israeli and their English is very American, but my husband's English. Uh, so there's like a little bit of an English, some words or some undercurrent, yeah. undercurrent. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes you'll hear, you, you'll hear it come out or their sentence structure is a bit Israeli in, uh -huh. in English. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So you moved straight to Yerushalayim? Yes, yeah, so we moved to Yerushalayim and we were lucky enough that we moved into a house of a family that moved to Australia for the year. Oh. So we literally arrived and like everything in the house was set up. Like we used their sheets, we used their dishes. Wow, fully furnished. And toys and, and the internet was working the day we arrived. <laughs> 
So it was a very light, a uh, very smooth landing. Yes. If you know my husband, you know that that was something he was looking for, and he was like, "Okay, if I give her a smooth landing, it's gonna work out." <laughs> oh my gosh! And you're not still there now. Now you live. No. So we we rented there for a year, and at the time, my husband was still working in America, and so he would work at night. He'd sleep uh -huh. all day. Okay. It was like a really backward situation, but I think a lot of New oh. Olim deal with that. Yeah. Um, and then I had to find stuff to do with my kids in the afternoon. So every day after gun, we'd go somewhere and do uh -huh. something fun. So is that the segue into how fun in Jerusalem started? <laughs> exactly. So I would say the first activity that I remember doing with them, I took my boys to Ammunition Hill because oh. they were obsessed with Playmobil. Okay. So I said, okay, pack up all your Playmobiles. We're going somewhere really fun. And they didn't really understand the significance of the place, but there were these bunkers they could run through and there were jeeps and there were tanks and so they played for like hours. So it was Life-size like, Playmobil. Yeah, they took their Playmobiles and they were like through the That's the, uh, the stone, they were fighting each other and they were running around and yeah. And I thought to myself, oh that was so cool, that was so fun, okay what else can I show them? Uh-huh, so you started blogging? Yeah, so then I, I had a background in marketing and when we moved to Israel, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and there was a blogging workshop run by Kelly Brown. She's okay. not here anymore in Israel, but she was one of the first people to run a blog workshop. I had no idea what a blog was. Like, okay. I knew email, I knew internet, I had no idea, like, well, what's a blog? Yeah. Which now sounds funny, because... Because everybody has a blog. Everyone has a blog. <laughs> and it's easy. Yeah. But, um, and I remember staying, and she gave us homework, and I called my sister, Allison, in LA, and I'm like, so Allison, what am I supposed to call this blog? Like, yeah. give me an idea. And she's like, well, write about what you do with your kids, and just call it Fun in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. So she so was this is the... All, so Allison is the... <laughs> she was the source of the Fun in Jerusalem. Wow. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so, uh, but you took it to a whole nother level now. So, so basically the need was there. There wasn't a really good English website about what was going on in Jerusalem for locals who were looking for like a theater show and for tourists who were coming in. Um, and one of the things that was so interesting was things would be listed in the paper. So I would get the Jerusalem Post and Haaretz. Okay. Different events were listed in each place. And, and then... Put it on your blog. And I put it on my blog and then I went to someone's house, I went to Gila and Justin Rockman for Shabbos, and they introduced me to the Hebrew newspaper. I was like, oh, oh my god, kol ha'ir. Wow, and then you had a whole new slew of activities. I was like, those activities are not listed in the Jerusalem Post. Why is that? And yeah. I realized that like people like us, we'd rather read about the activities in English, but our kids can handle going to them in Hebrew. Right, because they're Hebrew speakers at this point. Right. So, wow. that's, so that's how the calendar started on Fun in Jerusalem, and then it grew into a tourism website. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're going to get more into that. I want to hear more about that. But before that, let's go back a little bit. People might be listening right now and uh, thinking, well, she said she moved here with little kids, but what if I have older kids? Do you still recommend them making Aliyah? And uh, any general Aliyah advice for people moving to Israel? So I think um, I was very, very lucky to, that my kids were so young when we came. I think from seeing friends who come with older teenage kids, it's much harder. Um, the simplest advice is language. If they speak Hebrew and they speak conversational Hebrew, not biblical Hebrew, right. um, then it makes all the difference. Um, just a funny story. When I first moved here and we had like people working in our apartment, we were doing a renovation, and I said to my husband, you know, the Avadim left, and he goes, you do not call them Avadim, that's slaves, I'm like, I mean Ovdim, Ovdim, 
It's like you gotta learn the language, the, the slang, the yeah, the, all the between, like the the phrases. Wow. But I think kids true. who come here with a really good conversational Hebrew, they can manage much much better. I feel like there are some yeshivas in America that are that are really incorporating Hebrew more into the daily classrooms. I feel like that would be it's worthwhile. I feel like if they're not doing that, then they really should. So the truth is, I went to Eula, and whenever we had Ivrit Beivrit, we hated it. I, but it was so, it's so important. Yeah. No, it is. But when you're not using it outside of the classroom, you're like, what do I need it inside the classroom for? But then when you see the seminary and yeshiva guy, you know, the seminary girls and yeshiva guys coming here and they have no Hebrew, you're like, yeah. oh, there was all that money, all that tuition on, on, uh, on school and no Hebrew to come to Israel, you know, so. It's true. I mean, I also remember, like, we had an aha moment the first Purim we were here. And so we had been here almost a year. And my son, Aryeh, was sitting in shul following the Megillah, and he was, like, listening to it like a story. Like, it made sense to him. Right. And it was a story. We're like, oh, my gosh. Like, he doesn't have to worry about first translating. Exactly. And then learning. It was just like, oh, I got it. So I do, I I, I always think, like, how can I pinpoint why I think Jerusalem is, like, such an incredible place to raise kids? Like, because I really, really do. It's just, like, the life you're taught in day school, it just exists here all around you. You don't have to go out and search it. Like, yeah. I remember once one of, someone in my family said to me, oh, remember you've got to go out and buy your Lulav and Estrog. And I'm like, are you kidding? It's on every corner. You can't possibly miss Lulav and Estrog in Jerusalem. You go to the supermarket and there's stands. Yeah. yeah. So like Jewish and life and religious life, it's everywhere. It's around you. And, yeah. and that, that can be very, very, it is very special. Um, and I think we just have to make sure our kids who now grow up with it realize how special it is. Right, that they don't take it for granted. You know, right. we were de- I was desperate to move here, you know, to have that, that passion for Israel. But if the kids are growing up with it, and they might take it for granted. You have to just keep instilling it, instilling it in them. But that's why what you do with Fun in Jerusalem is so fantastic, because your kids, you know, you don't just recommend places to people saying, oh, this is a great place. Your kids are actually experiencing it also, I'm sure. You're taking yeah. them to experience these activities before you recommend it. Definitely. I think I also always say, because I like to give my hakaratatov to my son, Aryeh, who is so like thirsty for knowledge and for new things, and he was always game to go anywhere with me. Yeah. Now he's 15. He'd rather <laughs> sit on the couch. But he, he's the reason I went to all these different places and tried out workshops, and he was always so gung-ho about it. Yeah. Um, he definitely it, benefited from yes. it. Yes. Okay, so knowing who you are, promoting businesses, we have to be a little bit careful with who we talk about, what we talk about. Um, I love all the vendors and everyone <laughs> ever mentioned on Fun in Jerusalem. The okay. truth is, and nobody would be listed on Fun in Jerusalem if I didn't love them right, because it's, all a personal it's right. really like I've seen them, I know they're good, I know that the right. tourists are happy so with that's them. It's nice to know so, that you don't yeah. promote people that you don't... No, it's not a yellow pages, for sure not. That's good. <laughs> um, okay, so knowing that now, can you list five places in Israel... Or I won't, I'm giving five as a number, but whatever. Can you name your top places to visit in Israel? I won't give you Jerusalem specifically. Let's go branch out a little bit. So if I had to say what's, what's my happy place outside of Jerusalem, um, <laughs> it would definitely be the uh, Herzliya Beach. Okay. Because my kid, I can take my kids to the Acadia Beach, and they can play for hours. Like four hours straight, I can sit on a lounge chair watching them play together, Like yeah. whether it's going in the water or playing in the sand. and. And the fact that we can just, you know, go and find kosher food nearby, it's amazing. So um, you've tried, I'm sure, all the beaches before you found out that Herzliya was your favorite one. There's something about the sand there and like the, it's just, 
you can rent beach chairs and um, we also spend a lot of time in Netanya which we like a lot also I guess we're a beach family yeah and that's the one thing Jerusalem doesn't have so when we leave Jerusalem we look <laughs> for the beach but um, the Netanya beach is just uh, it's it's more of you you think you're sitting in the front line of the beach and the next thing you know there are two more rows of people who come and sit right in front of you <laughs> it's very different uh, culturally in yeah. Netanya but um, we, we love Herzliya Beach um, in Jerusalem, I think I have a soft spot for the zoo. Okay. Because I, one of my first dates with my husband was in the zoo. Yeah. And we actually went with our friend Nechama and her little baby Shimmy, who's oh. now in the army. Wow. And wow. we took them to the zoo. So it's, there's something about the zoo that is so peaceful and it's so beautiful. And I love how it mixes Tanakh and yeah. it makes it unique. I love how the zoo is so old school, but it's so new at the same time. Like you don't feel like it's a it doesn't feel renovated old. place. Yeah. I'm saying it's been there for so many years, yeah. you know, over 20 years. How many years has it been yeah, there? Yeah, at it, least. It still feels like it's a place to go. It's not like, you know, a rundown. Yeah, for place. sure. It's really for sure. beautiful. So I love, I do love the zoo. Okay. Um, Anywhere else? Any places um, that your kids specifically love the most? Well, we kind of like got into this routine that certain times of year we're in certain places. So like right. a lot for Hanukkah is amazing. Yeah, for sure. And all of Jerusalem and Ranana and Modin moved down to Eilat. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's not a place to go in August. But, oh, no, 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 <laughs> definitely. I do not understand how people manage to go there in the summer. But, um, you know, when you're in the hotel and then the hotel dancers come out and light candles and hand out souvganiot and yeah. candies to everyone, like, it's a great, it's a great experience. Okay, so, Joanna, everything sounds so incredible, how you took your life and you turned it, you're doing so, such amazing things for other people. You know, it's not just you're experiencing it for your family, but you take those experiences and you're sharing it with others so they could experience it also. It's funny because when I first came, there was no Facebook. If that's even possible. I think it didn't it even exist. in 2007. So we came the beginning of 2007. It may have started just around then, but I remember at that point we saved our pictures on Shutterfly. <laughs> and then the way you, you shared your experiences with people is you, you sent them your, the, link. Your, the link to see the album. So like we used to send the link out to all our friends and family yeah. and they'd follow and they'd be like, wow, we love seeing all the different things you're doing in Jerusalem. And I felt like, well, I was kind of there like their camera into real right. life in Jerusalem. Right. That's how I feel here also that, you know, it's so selfish to see something and not to share it. You know, right. how can I not share? It? And I love that that people really get involved and they feel like they are experiencing it through my eyes. For sure. And then when they come, first of all, I hopefully it makes them, it encourages them to come more often. Yeah. And then when they come, they're able to to see. Oh, you know what? I want to go do this. You know, I right. saw Tova doing this, or I saw Joey doing this, and yeah. I want to go do it. So. Um, I love that part of the fun in Jerusalem is like sharing just even the everyday stuff because it helps me appreciate every day. Right. It gives you reason to also not just sit around, but to go out because you have a, a duty to, you know, to share with people, you know, and right. it, it just makes life more exciting where you get to experience new things every day. You can't move to Israel without that, that feeling of, I need to be there. I need to have, you know, I have the Zionism inside of me. So when did yours start? When did you uh, have that little... So the Spark. truth is, I think if you asked me when I was growing up, did I know I wanted to live in Israel? I would say, honestly, no. Like, yeah. I thought I was going to live in L.A. for my whole life, and I had my whole life planned out. <laughs> um, I mean, I went to Zionist schools. I went to Eula, and I went to summer camp at Morasha, where, like, Israel always played a really important role. Um, I laugh now because in Morasha, we learned all the Eurovision Israeli songs, which now, living so in Israel, funny. and Eurovision was just here, it's like a really big deal. Yeah. Um, so 
like I grew up surrounded by the concept of Zionism. And when I came to Israel for the year, I went to Orot. Um, I actually went with Miriam L. Wallach. We were oh. roommates. And uh, the truth is, like, I, I sat there and I said, well, I know I'm supposed to want to live here, but I can't, I can't do this. I can't. And there were, like, a lot of very practical, like, things that were just so different from America. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I moved back to America. And then when I met my husband and I, when we were dating and I came and I moved here for a couple months to date him, it was a whole different experience because Israel changes so quickly because it's such a young country yeah. that like, you know, we used to stand in line for two hours to use an Asimon phone and now we have cell phones. Like you can't compare right. the experience. No, it's, so, it's much easier to make Aliyah now than it was in our parents' day. For sure. For sure. And, and you know, we used to save Ziplocs and, and bring them back with us. I don't do that anymore. I can find Philadelphia cream cheese in any Macaulay. Like, life here is not, I'm not going to say it's easy. It's, it's not as hard as it used to be. But you have to, I think, if I had to give, like, Aliyah advice, the advice is don't come here and try to make this America. It's not America. No. And that's not what ultimately you really want it to be. Like, it's Israel. And, yes, you may be frustrated by the bus driver who's not nice to you or something and then you actually say something to him and then he says he the smiles. nicest thing ever yeah. like it's just a cult you have to learn the culture don't try to change their culture they're not trying to be america i think also something that was really inspiring for me was when we decided we were interested in megaliah we met with the shaliach the bnei akiva shaliach and he he just opened our eyes because he's like listen it's all a mindset megaliah your, ch- your children are young, younger than, at the time, they were younger than 14. He says, give it a try. Go in f- 100%. And if you don't like it, go back to America. No one's going to look down on you. It's, it's your own personal way of looking at it. Right. You're not stuck here. You're not stuck. Nobody's handcuffing you. And if you've got to go back, you go back. But if you want to really make Aliyah and really see what it's like, don't come for a year because... It's, it's very different, and you're constantly thinking about, well, this is my one... Your backup plan. Yeah, my backup plan. And, and this is my one you know, time experiencing this experience, and, oh, this was frustrating, and I'm not going to deal with it because it's not going to happen again. Right. So you have to come with the mindset that, yes, you're not stuck here, but you're also, this is not just a backup plan. You're, you're really going to make it work. You're going right. to try, try to make it work. Exactly. Amazing. So, and yeah. then it turns out that through Fun in Jerusalem, one day I was interviewing an, a man who runs Kabla Noah, and I'm talking to him, and he says, I'm really sorry, my English isn't so good. I was only in L.A. for two years. <gasps> and then it clicked, and I'm like, I know you. You're the Aliyah You're the reason I'm here. Wow. So it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, what was it? Do you want to give his name? Um, his name is Danny Yamini. Okay, just to yeah. shout him out. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Danny. Okay, so right now people are listening and they're like, wow, Fun in Jerusalem. I'm sure they already know what Fun in Jerusalem is. But let's say for that one person that maybe doesn't know, <laughs> how can they find you? I know you also have um, a Fun in Jerusalem magazine, so tell us uh, all about so that. So you can find the website funinjerusalem.com. Um, you can always email me, joanna at funinjerusalem.com. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, all with the handle Fun in Jerusalem. Okay. Um, I love sharing pictures and new information about new things that are going on. And uh, we publish a magazine that goes out into the hotels. So I'm now working on the summer version of the magazine. It'll be at First Station, the OU Center, and in local hotels. And you can find it also online. Fantastic. So I wish you continued success with uh, Fun in Jerusalem and Life in Israel and inspiring and sharing and all that fun stuff. Thank you so much. We're working on a brand new site that's going to look great. So as soon as it's ready, I'll, I'll let you know. Ah, amazing. You can let everyone know. Fantastic. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Joanna. Now I get a promo, both of them, TovaInIsrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook and on Instagram as she continues to share all the wonderful content 
happening in her life and in the land of Israel. And Joanna Shepson, funinjerusalem.com, on Facebook, on Instagram. Summertime's coming up. You'll want to check her out. Uh, if you're heading to Israel, you know people going to Israel. Um, she is a great source, Joanna, for all the crazy and, uh, for lack of a better word, fun things to do in Jerusalem. Again, funinjerusalem.com. We have more acapella music coming up, and then we'll wrap things up at the Nachum Seal Network. <laughs> Just a deaf man in the stable, and to everyone's surprise, he comes to truly chop his hand, he prays with tear-filled eyes. His son, he is the chazan, though his voice he's never heard, but he sits there enjoying every Watches every motion, every gesture that he makes And he stays till the very end, however long it takes And when the davening is over, he's the first to reach his son And the deaf man in the steeple says, well done now it's right before Yom Kippur In the shtibble there is fear They want to start Kol Midre But the chazan's still not there Oh, the shul is filled with people As the night begins to fall But the deaf man's chair stands empty by the wall Then suddenly the chazan, he comes rushing through the door. He's wearing his white chazan's hat he's never worn before. He pauses for a moment at his father's empty chair. And quietly he wipes away a tear. And he runs up to the bima, for there's no time left to wait. And half the shul can hear the rabbi ask, how come so late? Oh, just, just getting ready for Yom Kippur is all he'd say. But now I'm going up to pray. And when he finished davening, the rabbi asked to tell What was it he was thinking of that made him sing so well? Well, you knew my dad was deaf, he said Last night he passed away 
It's the first time that my father's heard me pray. And he takes his place surrounded by the holy Torah And in a voice so beautiful, he begins to sing. Oh, every heart was broken, oh, and every soul burned bright. From his college rain at Yom Kippur night Oh, every heart was broken Oh, and every soul burned bright From his college rain at Yom Kippur night <laughs> על הקמת מדינה יהודית בארץ ישראל, היא מדינת ישראל.
And that just about wraps things up here on Bite Size. A reminder, just coming up in a few minutes, our community with the United Task Force. You do want to check that out. That is new programming here on the Nachum Siegel Network, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 10 a.m. And following that will be the Wednesday Live Lunch with Avrami Finkelstein, a must-listen-to program on a weekly basis. Thank you all for tuning in for the last hour here with me on Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a great day and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size. 